For more information on Ancient Dragon Zen Gate, please visit our website at www.ancientdragon.org. Our teachings are offered to the community through the generosity of our supporters. To make a donation online, please visit our website. Good evening, everyone. Can you hear me? So, uh, some of you were here yesterday morning when Peter Coyote gave a talk about vernacular Zen for American uh, householder Zen practitioners, which is basically American Zen. Um, and this is kind of complementing that, that although I'm going to dive deep into the core of traditional Soto Zen teaching. But, uh, you know, this is what we're doing. We're uh, not practicing as monastics. We're practicing in the world. So if you did not hear Peter's uh, talk yesterday, uh, I recommend it when it gets posted online. Uh, what I want to talk about tonight is just a few passages from this self-fulfillment samadhi that we just chanted. And this is kind of a compliment to the Fukan Zazengi that Kogetsu has been uh, opening up for everyone on Thursday morning, the universal instructions for Zazen. This goes, uh, has, goes into that in a different way, talking about the inner meaning of Zazen. And so I just want to focus on a a few passages, um, uh, and just uh, to mention, uh, at the end of the first paragraph, Doga says, from the time you begin practicing with a teacher, the practices of incense burning, bowing, nambutsu, repentance, and reading sutras are not at all essential. Just sit, dropping off body and mind. So that's our basic practice, just sit. Letting go, dropping off, body and mind. Dropping off thoughts and feelings and all of that. Letting it go, just letting it go. But he doesn't say, that some people have interpreted this as you should not <laughs> uh, burn incense, bow, chant names of Buddha, practice repentance or read sutras. That's not what this says. It just says that that's, you know, those are all the kind of uh, adornments of the way of awakening, as he says later. So all of these forms, and, and Peter was talking about this yesterday, uh, maybe letting go of some forms, but also these, these forms are not, you know, something special. These are just ways that we express our gratitude for this basic teaching, for this basic teaching of just sitting this, this fundamental, just sitting, dropping off body and mind. And then uh, what, I, what I would say is the most important sentence in Sato Zen, and some may, would, might argue about that, but uh, Dogen says, when one displays the Buddha Mudra, which is to sit upright like Buddha, with one's whole body and mind, sitting upright in this samadhi, in this meditation, even for a short time, everything in the entire Dharma world becomes Buddha Mudra 
and all space in the universe completely becomes awakened. This is an incredibly radical, inconceivable statement. And yet, uh, I think it's the truth. <laughs> um, Can you say that one more time? I sure will. When one displays the Buddha Mudra with one's whole body and mind, the Buddha Mudra being just to sit upright like Buddha, with one's whole body and mind, sitting upright in this samadhi, in this meditation, in this awareness, even for a short time, everything in the entire Dharma world, the whole environment, everything, becomes Buddha Mudra. And all space in the universe completely awakens. Should I say it again? Oh, I got it. <laughs> Good. So, you know, this is uh, this short teaching, the self abundant samadhi we just chanted, is, uh, I think, Dogen's statement about the meaning of Sazen. And it's in a, a writing, a longer writing that he did after the first version of Fukan Sazen, called Bendo Wa, the Wholehearted Way. And this is a, a section from that writing. Um, where he goes into the meaning of Zazen, and there's a whole section at the end of it about with questions and answers. And anyway, but um, well, he says this enables the Buddhas to increase the Dharma joy of their own original grounds and renew the adornment of the way of awakening. So this is what each of us has been doing tonight, is doing tonight, increasing the Dharma joy of our own original grounds, and renewing the adornments of the way of awakening. We are all, we are each, in our sitting, adorning the way of awakening. And I'll, you know, I'll say just personally, when I first had my first Zazen instruction, and first sat Zazen, I was 24, and Somehow I experienced this. I don't know, you know, how that happened, but I just felt, oh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay to be me, to be in this world, to be here in this body-mind with all its problems. It's just here we are. Now, I'll come back to all the difficulties that happen after we see that and all the practical issues that uh, Peter was talking about yesterday about how do we do how do we express this? How do we share this? How does this fit into our world? But just to sit and feel this wholeness. And when I experienced that with my first teacher, a Japanese Soto priest in up the Upper West Side in New York, I, you know, he was talking about Dogen. So I wanted to know who this Dogen character was. Where did this come from? So uh, all the studies I've done since have been about finding the background for Dogen. But here in this, in, this, uh, in this essay, he says, at that time, all things together awaken to supreme awakening and utilize the Buddha body, this body of awakening. Immediately go beyond the culmination of awakening and sit upright under the regal Bodhi tree. So again, I'm just going to focus on a few passages in this. 
but it's in the chat book and it's on the website. The Zazen person without fail drops off body and mind, cuts away previous tainted views and thoughts, awakens genuine Buddha Dharma, universally helps the Buddha work in each place, as numerous as Adams, where Buddha, the Tathagata's teacher, the practice, and widely influences practitioners who are going beyond Buddha, thereby vigorously exalting the Dharma that goes beyond Buddha. This phrase Dogen uses a lot. Uh, in his writings, Buddha going beyond Buddha. So I think um, many of us, when we first come to practice, think that there's a, this thing called enlightenment or Buddha that we have to figure out or get to or, you know, do lots of zazen and eventually that will we'll be there. Um, but Token talks about Buddha going beyond Buddha. It's not about reaching some particular state of being or state of mind or sense of awakening. It's about keeping on, going on, going beyond Buddha. And, you know, so I've talked to, some of you have heard me talk about all this before, but anyway, uh, when Buddha awakened 2,500 years ago, more or less, in what's now northeastern India or Nepal, um, he kept practicing every day for the rest of his life. And he kept awakening, I would say, every day for the rest of his life. He had this great awakening experience, but uh, going beyond Buddha is what Buddha does, is what Buddha is. It's not enough to say, oh, yeah, I, I had this great Kensho experience, or I had this, you know, I I've studied and I understand this sutra or that sutra or whatever. It's this going beyond. It's this continuing. It's this, you know, coming back to just being here. So, Brett, I don't know if I can't see you, but I don't know if you um, heard the rain outside our Lincoln Square Zendo tonight. Uh, no, but I heard it here. <laughs> Why not? You know, doesn't. I don't think it's raining right now, but there was, it was raining around us as we sat. Dogen wrote many poems about the rain on the roof of his thatched hut or a little zendo. The rain brings us back to this going beyond Buddha. So, So he talks about carrying out the Buddha work, and I talked about that, I think it was last week, that uh, our practice is to, is to, as Bodhisattva practitioners, to do the Buddha work, to continue deepening our own experience, and to help others to awaken to this deep experience of just being here just being ourselves and unfolding that and going beyond Buddha. So it's not static. Um, and he talks about this in terms of the, uh, the relationship to our environment. The grass, trees, and earth affected by the dysfunctioning of Zazen 
together radiate great brilliance, brilliance, and endlessly expound the deep, wondrous Dharma. Grasses and trees, fences and walls, demonstrate and exalt it for the sake of living beings, both ordinary and sage. And uh, there's a part of this I want to get mentioned. I missed it. Um, He talks about the mutual influence, the mutual guidance. between the person sitting and everything in our environment, the rain. The cushions where seats we sit on, the carpet, the trees outside, everything. Oh yeah, here it is. All things in every direction in the universe carry out Buddha work. So everyone receives the benefit of wind and water movement caused by this functioning. And all are imperceptibly helped by the wondrous and comprehensible influence of Buddha to actualize the enlightenment at hand. So this um, imperceptible help, this this, uh, mutual guidance, is uh, I hadn't heard that that concept in that idea that that phrase when I was studying Zen in America before I went to Japan. But when translating this uh, with Shohaku Kimura, the mutual guidance, the inconceivable, incon- unperceptible help between the person sitting and Everything in the world, in Japanese Myoshi, this wondrous guidance, is an important concept in Soto Zen. And it's hard to say anything about it, but the Lotus Sutra talks about bodhisattvas under the ground springing forth and emerging when they are needed to help spread the Buddha word. We, we might feel like this is uh, naive or something in these days when there are so many difficulties. And I, I know people who live in Maui and um, mm-hmm. horrible situation there, the, the climate fires, devastating. Now, this is a difficult world. So the point I want to make, I want to go back to what Peter Coyote was talking about. This background, this uh, kind of ultimate background of this deep wholeness and kindness and mutual guidance, these adornments of the way of awakening that we express in Zazen, that we start to feel in Zazen when we keep sitting, keep sitting every day, even for a little while, are a great resource in in the practical difficulties. How do we apply this zazen wisdom that is not some idea, it's, it's in our bodies, it's physical. How do we apply that to the difficulties in our situation, personally and in the world? How do we practice with anger, 
How do we practice patience? How do we practice listening? Deep listening to all our friends and all beings and people we have trouble with and, and go beyond. Go beyond awakening, go beyond uh, our opinions. Of course, we all have opinions about things. And, uh, some of us, I know myself, are, can be very opinionated. But, you know, to go beyond that and to settle into something deeper. And this uh, self-fulfillment samadhi is a kind of touchstone for that uh, that reality of displaying the Buddha mudra, the Buddha position, the Buddha posture, with one's whole body and mind, sitting upright in this awareness, even for a short time. When we do this, Dogen says, everything in the entire Dharma world becomes Buddha mudra. All space in the universe completely awakens. So uh, the practical uh, applications of that uh, to practicing with anger, to practicing patience, to practicing dialogue, to practicing listening, uh, is the heart of our practice. Now. This is the Buddha work that we do in our everyday life as householders, as Peter was saying yesterday. Uh, but this background, this touchstone, this, uh, you know, Buddha, when he first totally awakened, there was this challenge. How can you how, how can you say you're the Buddha? And he just touched the ground. So how do we, so we sit on the ground, even for those of us sitting in chairs, we're on the floor. And how do we feel the way this resonates with everything? And then how do we express that in all the difficulties of everything? How do we come back to that as nourishment? And, and when we, we may feel that sometimes, and then we, our practice is to go beyond Buddha to deepen our sense of connection with everything. So maybe I'll stop there, but I would love to hear comments, questions, responses. Please feel free. I can't see out there. Nicholas? Yes. Hey, Nicholas. At one point in your talk, I was thinking about something that uh, I heard Warner Earhart say once, which was, um, enlightenment is the booby prize. Um, because it's really not a thing, as you said, it keeps going and you have to go beyond Buddha. And um, that was one thing. Um, I... I, I love sitting in this room with you people. <laughs> I love sitting in this room with you. And I just feel so grateful when I'm here. I'm so comfortable and it feels like home. <clears throat> Thank you. 
forget so for providing this for us. We're so blessed. Amen. Um, but I, I, so when I sat down, I was kind of all over the place. But then I really started to experience beauty. Like, I just felt this overwhelming sense of the rain, you know, just being beautiful and, and the trees outside. I just, I, I was really feeling the beauty. And, um, and the beauty of this group and, and, and of life. And even in this city where horrible crimes are probably happening right now, there is always beauty. In Ukraine, they're farming. They feed the continent of Africa, you know, <laughs> still. You know, it's like they're, they're, they're growing things and there's beauty there, even in the midst of hell. And so it was sort of like this theme came from like, there's a garden even in hell, you yeah. know, and like, and there is just beauty even in the worst possible situation because there, I don't know, it just seems like that is the truth. Um, how do uh, I, uh, how do I bring this into the world? Um, I've really been practicing, having a practice, just facing my reality. Because many of you know I'm in a challenging situation. And yes. It's just, all I can do is just face what's happening and try to do the next thing. Even though, and it's a lot like, it's a shame where you're just like, oh my God, why am I here? <laughs> you know, I don't want to be here. I, I, you know, that's what I feel like. It feels like a lot for me now. It's like, I do not want to do this, but I just have to face what's happening again and again and again. Not easy. Um, but I've learned that in Zaza, you know, facing the wall, facing my mother, facing her shit, you know, her heart attack, my white supremacist sister, you know, it's like, it's difficult. But um, there's no other choice but to just. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your eloquence. Yeah, facing the wall is facing a life, facing the whole world. And as Douglas says, renewing the adornments of the way of awakening. So our practice is just to renew adornments, to renew the, the beauty, which is, you know, when we hear the sound of the rain, to just appreciate that. Wow. The trees are being nourished, Dharma rain, you know, the lotus suits will talk about the Dharma rain, falling equally on everything. And yeah, and of course, we know about Ukraine. We know about the climate fires in Maui and all the climate devastation everywhere. And, you know, if you go on and on, all the climate refugees struggling to find some place they can live. And so our practice, doing the Buddha work, involves doing whatever we each can in our own situation, in our own way, to be helpful. But part of that is coming back to this posture, to the wall in front of us, 
to facing our life and allowing that to um, deepen, flower, or fold, or however you want to say it. And then, uh, how do we help? How do we help free beings? And yeah, what you said about enlightenment at the beginning, this is a, a trap. I, I've been, you know, not in the, in the text that, <laughs> that were translated previously, including by myself where the word enlightenment appears, but I've been think, talk, trying to, you, to think of this as awakening rather than enlightenment. Enlightenment is a noun, and it comes from you know, uh, European philosophy or the age of enlightenment, which is something else. And what, what happened to Buddha? Buddha just means the awakened one. Bodhi means awakening. Bodhisattvas are awakening beings. So, um, yeah, how do we awaken to all of our own difficulties and, and challenges and, and to this also and also again to this inconceivable guidance that the world is offering us we connect with that so yeah it's, so one other thing I would just throw in is Sangha yeah it's just crucial to experience many of that yes yeah, so three jewels, the Buddha, making the Dharma, the truth or teaching, and Sangha. How we do this together. Yes, thank you. Other comments or responses? Anyone? David. Something just said, so thinking of words, like enlightenment um, is a noun, but awakening it technically is a gerund. It's a it's a verb that becomes a noun in a way or an adjective. It's describing something. And so it's something that it is continuing. And like like Dogen says, going beyond you know Buddha. It's constantly evolving, constantly uh, growing in that sense. And thank you for you're saying that um, about about awakening and enlightenment, it also just dawned on me what that is. It's it's a growing, becoming, yeah, unfolding. Yeah, I like gerunds because <laughs> there's a kind of activity involved. It's not static. Other comments? Responses? Wait. What is beyond Buddha? Yes, what is beyond Buddha? Nicholas facing his mother. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. <clears throat> How is that beyond Buddha and not just Buddha? Buddha is beyond Buddha. Buddha is always going beyond Buddha. Going beyond is what Buddha is. Hmm. Buddha is not a noun either. Buddha's a chair under, I don't know what, but it's awakening. And yeah, facing our own deep pain, deep karma, allowing that to be there. And then how do we see that and uh, 
take it on and and avow our ancient twisted karma. So that's the actual practice of going beyond Buddha. So this is the kind of background that uh, you know this this thing about all space and the universe completely awakening. That's kind of the ground, and then. How do we take care of the particular spaces that we are karmically enmeshed in? But having some sense of that, having touched that ground, is a great nourishment and support and help. And we keep coming back to something. Any other last uh, comments, uh, David? Something that you said when I'm thinking about it is, is that speaking directly to you, it, it's really it's a process. It's almost like the universe is ever expanding. Mm. You know, it started at one, and it, it's still expanding. It's still expanding, and that's what came to me that this is a whole process. And it just keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. So, in a sense, Buddha was maybe a spark for that, but it's still expanding. It's still expanding. Does that make sense? I, I hope not. I hope it doesn't make too much sense. Right? <laughs> and also, flowers open, flowers fall. So we shouldn't turn away from the sadness, the difficulties in our lives. It's, and that doesn't, that doesn't uh, disavow or mitigate this all space awakening. But in the midst of that awakening, flowers fold, you know, flowers fold. Does um, going beyond Buddha have uh, something to do with non-identification? That's a really tricky uh, practice question. Uh, I'm not not sure what you mean by non-identification. Well, like, Buddha is a something, you know. And so, you know, like, whenever we consider ourselves, it gets problematic, right? So, going beyond Buddha... uh, is is free from identification. And also we can't deny identification. The Fox co-op, we can't, we don't ignore, yeah. you know, men, women, white, black, uh, you know, all of our, our ethnic identities, uh, our location in Chicago, I guess everybody, you're still here in Chicago, right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we are all have our own particular identities, and that's and that is to be worked out. So, you know, and and so I said that this is the core of Soto Zen, but developing that there's the interrelatedness of this deep ultimate. 
with each particular phenomenal expression, dealing with your mother, dealing with partners, dealing with children, dealing with siblings, dealing with neighbors, dealing with our co-workers, dealing with our stronger friends. Each of those things has its particular context. So we don't get rid of that. We don't, uh, you know, it's not spiritual bypass. It's both seeing this deep, deep, deep reality. And then, as Peter Petty was talking about yesterday, how do we deal with that in this challenging world? And how do we, how do the, how do, how does that support each other? So that's a, that's a, a deep process. And we don't, we don't ignore it. We can celebrate it. These are all the adornments of the way of the way. Kathy? I uh, was talking to some friends on the weekend, and they are involved in this coming week at the Council for World's Religions, which is going on in the country up here. No, it's it's probably in the Parliament of World Religions. It's happening at McCormick. I'm going there tomorrow on Wednesday. Oh, you are? Yeah. Well, what was interesting to me, you know, these are friends that I've met studying Taoism. I don't know exactly what they would call their religions now, and I and I had not talk, I don't talk to them enough about it to know that. But but they were getting at um, that there are universal things that all religions are about, and that it's amazing how much we have in common. Yes, um, and that there's it gets lost in the divisiveness, uh, but. Yeah, I'll be interested to hear what you experience there. But but it, it just talking about this, you know, it's it's like there's something beyond even this practice. Sure. That is universal, that people are trying to get out possibly in different ways. That just struck me. Yeah, so this is, you know, all this this language that I've been using tonight and these descriptions of our spiritual process and so forth, you know, is one way of talking about it. There are many um, great spiritual traditions. So part of the problem of all religions is dialogue. So there will be very, there, there are Christian Buddhist dialogue panels there. There's a, I'm thinking of going to the, the ceremony uh, being given by Druids. Uh, there's, there's all kinds of religious flavors and spiritual flavors. And um, my sense being grounded in such as that for a long time is I learned a lot by uh, through dialogue and through uh, experiencing other ways of uh, invoking deep truths. So yes, thank you. 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 Thank you.